So God does not judge us according to our performances. The capacity to receive comes with so much grace because you know for sure that God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. He shall supply, he speak upon it. You are identified by the blood of Jesus. The blood that was shed at the cross. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. He became that sin offering. So why are you still talking about sin, sin, sin? That is a wrong doctrine. By one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. He has perfected you. You have no sin. Once Christ is the central focus of who you are and your life, your identity changes, your mindsets change, your thinking, your living, because now you're believing right, you're living right through him. Wake up and unwind your day. Réveillez-vous et commencez votre journée avec Bioka, votre Kikurumu Siwawe. On a heart for a soul. Your word is truth. It sanctifies a soul with your truth. Your word is truth. For a soul, a heart for a soul. The light and warm your spirit in the dark or the cold. Healing what was broken, turn them parts to a whole. Heart for a soul, a heart for a soul. Yeah. Jesus Christ, way truth and the life for our souls, pay the price, the ultimate sacrifice, what a love, while we get sin for death, we were destined, he stepped in, his water and his blood was the cleansing, Lord, we were found, we're sin abound, grace abound, what a passion, a peace of passing, all understanding, where God's love is present, all condemnation is past in. For a soul, a heart for a soul, the light and warm your spirit in the Dark or the cold, healing what was broken, turn them parts to a whole. Heart for a soul, a heart for a soul. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you so much for this great opportunity you've brought us in the midst of your presence, in the midst of your great love, in the midst of rich mercies. We thank you so much for your love, for the gift of salvation, the gift of righteousness. Lord, if it were not for you, if it were not for what you went through, we would never have acquired reconciliation with God. But we want to take this moment to say, Jesus, you're the center of our lives. And today, everything we receive, every single word spoken, Jesus, you're the one speaking. You're the one feeding us. You are the general overseer in this ministry. You're the great shepherd. Lord, we receive as your sheep. We take and partake and partake. Every single word that proceeds out of my mouth, we are partaking and eating of what is of you. Lord, thank you so much. Holy Spirit, I pray right now, there's someone who is going through pain in your lower parts of your stomach. I pray that that pain is gone in the name of Jesus. That there's someone with pain in their left breast. I pray that in the name of the mighty name of Jesus Christ, you're healed. And that person that I'm praying for, the one with the issue in the breast, is from Africa. And I can actually see that person seated and listening into this sermon. But I pray that in the name of the mighty name of Jesus Christ, 
The Holy Spirit is the one healing you, going through these airwaves and touching every single pain that is in every single person's body. In the name of the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for healings. We thank you. We thank you for the power that is prevailing in this place, going through these airwaves and touching. If you feel like there's some pain going through your body, there's a grace right now in actually in this sermon and this service that the power of God is going to touch each and every person listening in today. And if you're going through some pain, some sort of disease, some sort of issue in your body, receive the healing because the healing grace is supplying right now in the name of the mighty name of Jesus. Receive it with grace, receive it and believe it by faith that you're healed and it will be yours. In the name of the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we've prayed and said, Amen. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your healings. We thank you that you're the one healing every single person listening in who has an issue. Amen. So I want us to open our Bibles in Romans 3. I'm going to read from 23 to 25. Amen. And as I continue preaching, the Holy Spirit has just placed it in my spirit that if you know you have pain, there's a grace tonight of healing. There's a grace going to flow in this service tonight. I sense it can be tonight or your morning, wherever you're listening in from, wherever, whatever time that is on your end. I pray and I want, if you know you're sick, I want to speak to those people and you're listening in any pain in your body, no matter how big or small the issue is. I pray when I'm preaching, put your hand either on your phone, either on your radio, either on your gadget, however, whatever means you're using to listen to this program today, put your hand on that machine or whatever you're using and believe for healing. There's going to be power in this service that many of you, there's some things that are going to be transformed in your lives and you will not understand or comprehend in the mind of a human being. Amen. So I'm not encouraging you. I'm actually speaking by the grace of God prophetically because what I'm seeing and what I see in the spirit right now is so much bigger. And for those who are ready for the inheritance to receive, there's something that is going to happen tonight. Amen. So the Bible says in verses 23, that is in Romans 3, we're reading from Romans 3. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. Lord, we thank you so much for the reading of your word. And we receive, we partake, we're chewing, we're eating. Because your word is a bread of life. So we are a very blessed generation. Allow me to say that. I know that may sound like an oxymoron right now. Many of you can say, but seriously, evangelist, how come you're saying we're blessed? But when I look at the world right now today, what I see is very contrary to what you're saying. 
I want to tell you something, child of God. What you see with eyes is not what actually is in the heavenly realm. The spiritual realm is very contrary to what the natural realm is. And the natural realm is what we see with our eyes. It is what we smell. It is what we perceive in our own mindsets, in our own thinking as human beings. But the reason why I say we are a very blessed generation is because we are sons of God. When you look back in the Old Testament, you look back in the Old Covenant, none of those people were called sons of God. I know the Jews had a right. They had that place with God. They were blessed. But as I continue to preach in this service, in this sermon, you come to a realization much as they were blessed and they had an inheritance, so do we under the grace covenant. And without blessing for us by the grace of God, we the Gentiles, we have an extraordinary supernatural inheritance from above. That is why we must call ourselves the blessed generation, no matter what the circumstance is or the situation is. Child of God, in this service, in this sermon, you will know why you should know and believe that you are a blessed person. Amen? We live in a world that has information generated, collected, uh, produced, gathered, using different sources at every single minute, second, and hour. But did you know there is a lot of information that affects many people from knowing truly who they are and to know their inheritance in God? And sometimes this issue or this sort of setting can also be attributed to the enemy's mechanism and also sometimes it can be attributed to also the environments too we live in sometimes it can be attributed to the lifestyle we live but we as sons of god today god gave us the grace to be freed to become liberated from any sinful nature from any life that leaves us as children who are in bondage. Hebrew 10, 12, I love what it says. It reminds us we as children of God and believers under the grace covenant that but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. This scripture opens us to a place where we come to realize that this is about Jesus. Salvation is about Jesus. Redemption is about Jesus. When we go back to our primary scriptures in Romans 3 to 23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that is what man was. And that is what man is today. Many times you find that people are living in a life or an environment where they do not know actually that they were set free where they don't know that they are totally redeemed. And the scripture father says in 24, verse 24, that being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that that is in Jesus Christ. So when I say that we are a very blessed generation, this is scripture. We are truly justified. We are free. We are liberated by the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. So the redemption today we have 
is actually doesn't come from our own performance. It doesn't come from our own doing. It doesn't come from any generation. When I say the generation of information or of living like the world, what today we are is emanated from Jesus. It comes from him. So our justification, right, from being sinful or from living a sinful nature, child of God, comes to us freely by the grace of God through redemption. So every believer is forgiven according to the riches of God's grace. So no matter what you've done, child of God, and this I'm going to speak by the grace of God plainly. No matter what you've done, I don't care what you have done. You may have been a murderer. You may have embezzled people. You may have done anything, child of God. But today I have come to tell you that you are blessed person, your blessed son of God, that the life that is in you was forever changed. Amen. We very blessed child of God. The life that we live today is of Christ. The life that we're living today, Jesus Christ went through all the sufferings and was bruised. He was beaten all for what? Let's first take a moment and think about it. Why was he beaten and bruised? Why did he have to go through what he went through? Why did he have to go through all that? But he did, child of God. You know why? Why would God accept his son to go through the hardships? God the Father could have eliminated all the sufferings and Jesus Christ could not have been crucified if it were not significant. Child of God. But just because God the Father had to fulfill, he had to fulfill his promise to his children. He had to fulfill what he said he would do. And this is why, child of God, the Old Testament has the hidden treasure and the mysteries about Jesus Christ. We see different prophets are talking about his coming. And when he came, he carried that with him. He did exactly how what they said he would do. But his coming carried so much power and significance for you and I. His coming carried the forgiveness of sins through the blood. Jesus' blood was just not normal blood. It was divine. It was blemish free. It had no sin in it. And this is where it gets so very powerful that you may know that truly, Child of God, you're justified freely by his grace. Amen. You know, when you get to know the truth, the truth in the word, you get a hold of it and attach it to your heart and say, this is mine because this is my inheritance. And a lot of times, once we don't give our lives to the word of God and truly see who we are in the word, child of God, it's so easy. It's so easy to believe what you're not. Amen. So my point is this, child of God, Jesus Christ, everything he did was for you to be redeemed, was for you to acquire abundant life, was for you to be sin free. So if today you've come with a mind, a consciousness of the sin consciousness, right? A mind that is of sin consciousness, 
I pray that may the Lord change and transform and renew your mind as it is written in Romans 12 too. Because a lot of times when we think wrong, we're going to live wrong. But when we think right, we are going to live right. And when I say think, I mean you actually also believing that the Bible says that I'm this and you know for sure if the word says that you're that, you're that. Ephesians 1 7 says that in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In Jesus Christ, we do have redemption. Going back to Romans 3 24, saying that being justified freely by his grace through redemption, that is in Christ Jesus. So, in other words, redemption can never be out of Jesus Christ. Redemption can only come through Jesus Christ. Redemption can only come in him. Hallelujah. So we have the forgiveness of sins through redemption today as sons of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now you understand where I was coming from by saying we are very blessed generation. In the Old Testament, no one got this opportunity that we do have today. And this is why we must not squander the time that we have in the presence of the Lord. Squander the time that we may enjoy the Lord. This is the time, child of God, that we must come to a place and realize who we are. And as long as we know who we are, child of God, we are going to walk in mighty and mighty places in this life. Hebrew 9.12 reminds us that not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place, once for all having obtained eternal redemption. The blood of Jesus was so different. It carried the divine power to enable you and I be transformed, be transitioned from a life of bondage to a life of freedom. You know, in the book of Leviticus, which is in the Old Testament, we are introduced to a deeper meaning of a sin offering. Because before I actually talk about who Jesus Christ is as a sin offering to us, let me actually give you a preamble of where this all began from. You know, in the Old Testament, there are different offerings that the children of Israel had to offer toward God. And some of this offering included the burnt offering, which one had to offer this offering as an expression of devotion to God. There was a grain offering. And with that, the children of Israel used to offer this as a way to recognize the goodness and the provision of God to them. There was also a peace offering. Under this, the children of God used to offer this as a way to consecrate their meal that they were about to have under the sin offering, which I'm about to talk about at large. With that, children of God used to give this in a way whereby they wanted purification from sin. They wanted to be made whole, that sort of atonement. And then the last offering was the guilt offering. This one, the last one, which is the guilt offering, the children of God offered this offering and they paid for the things that they stole. In other words, anything that they owed, anything that they didn't do toward God that was expected of them was a sort of like a reparation of sins, right? 
because the times when we take some things away from God and the times actually when other people take things away from us. So in this offering, the guilt offering, people had to offer. They had to bring a bull and make it as an offering. But here's the thing. In Leviticus 4, 2 to 3, right? Let's start from actually 1. It says that now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel saying, If a person sins unintentionally against any of the commandments of the Lord in anything which ought not to be done and does any of them, if the anointed priest sins bringing guilt on the people, then let him offer to the Lord for his sin, which he has sinned a young bull without blemish as a sin offering. So child of God, what the sin offering did in the Old Testament, number one, it was known as the fourth offering. Actually, in the Hebrew, it's called chata, which means purification from sins. So the sin offering sometimes actually was seen as that offering of atonement for unintentional sin. Because the times, child of God, that we sin and we don't know that we sinned. Amen. There are many times when we can do something, but we have not truly an idea that we did actually sin either against a brother or sin against God. But in this way, the children of God used to offer this in order to take away those sins, whether they knew that they did that sin or whether they did not. So in other words, when we come actually in Leviticus 4.20, it says that undo with this bull just as he did with the bull for the sin offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for the community and they will be forgiven. So similarly, it is sometimes viewed as a guilt offering, removing that consciousness for lack of perfection. In Leviticus 4.13 to 14, it says, If the whole Israelite community sins unintentionally, and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands, even though the community is unaware of the matter when they realize their guilt, and the sin they committed becomes known, the assembly must bring a young bull as a sin offering and present it before the tent of meeting. Leviticus 4.22 to 23 says, When a leader sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the commands of the Lord his God, when he realizes his guilt and the sin he has committed becomes known, he must bring as his offering a male God without defect. So as an atonement, the sin offering also contained elements of a burnt offering. Leviticus 4.25 says, Then the priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put on the horns of the altar of the burnt offering and pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. So the sin offering had the elements of guilt offering. It had the elements of peace offering. In Leviticus 4.26, it says that he shall burn all the fat on the altar as he burnt the fat of the fellowship offering. 
In this way, the priest will make atonement for the leader's sin and he will be forgiven. So some of the sins for which one needed atonement were not moral sins, but rather some of these sins were ritual impurity. Just so we get this clear, man. That is why many people sometimes refer to the sin offering as purification offering. So the primary purpose of the sin offering was not basically only to atone for sins, but also to purify oneself for one to re-enter that place with the presence of God. Amen? So the elements of purification offering came in as also an interconnection with peace offering, that interconnection of the guilt offering. So it had all set up as one, right? As one sacrifice. However, on different occasions, everyone had to give a different offering for the sins that they committed. So in the old covenant, high priest sinned. That's one thing you must know. Because they were human beings, they were. They sinned. And whether also they knew it or whether they didn't know it, they too had to offer either the purification offerings, they had to offer either a grain offering, they had to offer a peace offering, they had to offer any of those in order for them to be forgiven. So the sin offering, as the high priests we've read, they had to bring a young bull, which actually had to have a certain standard. So in order for that bull to be accepted, it had to have a certain sort of criteria. You know, they had to have a requirement of how it looked like. So the high priest had to observe this ritual in order for him, number one, to be reconciled in the presence of God and then also for his people, for the community. Exodus 40, 15 says it right. It says that you shall anoint them as you anointed their father, that they may minister to me as priests, for their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. So some of these high priests were anointed by God to be the ministers. But however, again, they used to sin. So a high priest in the Old Testament had to offer those offerings that I just mentioned. Amen. So as actually we go further, you come to realize that there's a very big, big, big distinction between the high priests in the Old Testament and our high priest in the New Testament. You know, in the New Testament, by the grace of God, we see that Jesus Christ, the scripture says that he did no sin, he knew no sin. But remember, like how we read in Leviticus, some of these high priests had to either offer the sin offering, the peace offering, the grain offering, the guilt offering, based on what sin they did. But in the New Testament, which is the grace covenant, we come to a realization that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, did not sin. He knew no sin. So him, he was the great high priest who paid one sacrifice. Jesus Christ paid one sacrifice when he was on earth for all our sins, child of God, for you listening in, for I and for every dear believer in the world. And I love the fact that the Bible says in Romans 8, 3, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son 
in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Do you hear that scripture? What the scripture is clearly showing us is the differentiation that I've been saying. In Leviticus, we see that that was the law. And the law was rather weak through people's flesh. It was rather weak in man, in man's sense. Because all the time they had to live in a sin consciousness mindset. But on the other spectrum, we see that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, right? The scripture says in Romans 8, 3, that God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And, you know, let's think about this. The scripture says that in the likeness, likeness does not mean that he was, that Jesus Christ was actually in a sinful flesh. Jesus Christ came in the likeness. He came in. Number one, he was man, a hundred percent. And number two, he was God, a hundred percent. Much as he was living as man on earth with a body, he was God in flesh. John 1.14 says this, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we behold his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So child of God, you realize that for us, by the grace of God in the new covenant, in the grace covenant, under the grace dispensation, we have a high priest sent by God sent by God in the likeness of the sinful flesh on account of sin, and he condemned sin in the flesh. Let me ask a very imperative question. If Jesus Christ condemned sin, if he was God in the flesh and he condemned sin, then why would we still continue to live as the children of Israel in the law and just by the mind that they had of the sinful consciousness? This is where I, by the grace of God, and I pray that the Holy Spirit gives you the spirit of revelation to know that you're living in a blessed generation. The blessed generation that we're living in, we are not condemned anymore. Romans 8, 1 says this, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, Jesus Christ, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Hallelujah. Do you see that? So there is no condemnation. If the Bible says in Romans 8, 3, that he condemned sin in the flesh. If God condemned sin in Jesus' flesh, like he condemned it, like it has no authority over you, child of God. It has no power over you because Christ condemned it. So meaning our high priest, Jesus Christ, justified us from all sins through his divine blood, which takes us back to Romans. Hallelujah, we bless God. Romans 3, 24, saying that being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. Child of God, the blood of Jesus Christ set you free from sin. Amen. It sets you free from the unintentional sin and the intentional sin. Remember, we read that in Leviticus 4. Meaning that, child of God, through faith, that what we're living in today, 
We're demonstrating through the faith of God, the righteousness which was given to us in Jesus Christ. And that means that by the grace of God, all sin was taken away, which was previously committed. Amen. So as we walk, child of God, see yourself transformed. See yourself set free from condemnation of sin forever. Because your Christ, your Jesus Christ, your Lord of, of Lords, your King of Kings, the Alpha and Omega, the Root of David and the offspring of David, he took it all away from you. Acts 13, 39 says, it makes a significant comparison of the two covenants. It says, by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. That is the scripture. Those are not my words. Because if the scripture says that everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses, then child of God, if I hear a scripture like that, by the grace of God, I want to stay where I'm justified. Why would you allow yourself to go back in a covenant that was never justified? This scripture opens us up to see that truly we are a very blessed generation today. We are justified. Amen. We are freed. We are liberated from what sinful nature brought to our lives. And I pray that by the grace of God, this, you take home with you, this, what I'm about to say. The old covenant unveiled sin in people's lives. It brought a sin consciousness that only Jesus Christ could condemn. It was only Jesus Christ who would ever condemn that. And so, on the contrary, we as children of God living today, as sons of God, we must live as the redeemed, I love what the Bible says that let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Live as one, walk like one, believe like one, think like one, sleep like one. Anything you do, do it for the glory of God, knowing that you're forgiven. And this is where, child of God, it gets really deeper. As long as this can be hidden from someone, right? The truth to know that they're forgiven. Have you ever been around someone who condemns themselves when they wake up until when they go back to sleep? Their language is condemning. Anything about them, nothing good comes out of their mouth. Like all the time they'll condemn themselves. Amen? And sometimes, some of the times when people do that, it's because they have not come to that place of knowing who truly they are. The Bible says it's out of the heart, right? It flows. The words that come out of our lives, our mouth, they flow from our heart. Whatever you believe in your heart is what you're going to speak with your mouth. So this is where, child of God, it comes to go deep. That everything Jesus Christ did on that cross, he became that sin offering for you and I. He was the lamb. The lamb that God put on that cross that you and I could live a freed life. That sin was condemned. Did you know that child of God, there was a divine exchange on that cross. Every unrighteousness you carried, you as a child of God, was put on Jesus' body. Amen. That is why he went through a lot of pain. He went through a lot of suffering. But at the end of the day, 
scripture was being fulfilled. And I've heard a lot of times, sometimes Christians say, but why would God let him go through? If he was his son, why would God let him go through all that suffering? Because if he had not fulfilled the scripture in the Old Testament, child of God, right now you would never have been reconciled to God. You would never have acquired that place, coming in that place in the presence of God in truth and in spirit, with liberty and freedom. But he had to go through it. So you and I would have life set free. Would be able to be called sons. Would acquire inheritance through redemption. Would acquire the gift of salvation. Would be called sons and we would come to God and just pour our lives to him. Have you ever realized that children in the Old Testament, right? They used to fear God. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have reverence. Today, under the grace covenant, we have reverence for God. It's just like, let me give an example. A child, when they have their father around, right? Their real father, biological father, natural father. A child who has a father that they're friends with, that they interact together. When they're together, that child is not going to be afraid. That child is not going to run away from their father when they appear, when they, they come in their presence. But they will be joyous. They will be grateful. They will honor their father. They will look up to their father. But then there's also that child who has a natural father. But they are so afraid of them. They're in fear. Even around them, they can't speak. They can't talk. They can't smile. They can't play with them. And that sort of relationship makes that child run away from that father. So on contrary, you see that today Christ gave us that great opportunity that by the grace of God, he gave us that place where we can come to God. We pray through Jesus Christ and speak to God like he is our own father. And it's only Jesus Christ who would have done that. It's only him who gave us that opportunity to be able to be in contact with God again. But in the Old Testament, people even feared to go near God. Some high priests sometimes, if they were not meant to touch the altar, they would die. You know, the Old Testament had its own ways. It had its own time. But listen, child of God, today, if you're living under the great covenant, then why would you go back to the doings and the belief of the Old Testament? The thing about the Old Testament this is what I'm going to say. The Old Testament is good because it shows us the Jesus who is coming. And when you read through the book of Isaiah, you read through the book of Daniel, you read through the book of Jeremiah, you read through the book of Genesis, you see Abraham, all that picture, all those pictures by the grace of God, they open us up to see the coming of Jesus Christ. And in the New Testament, we see the fulfillment of the scripture, which was hidden in the Old Testament. But you cannot today, by the grace of God, as a free child of God, a redeemed child of God, a justified child of God, a sin-free child of God, go back to the lifestyle of the Jews. They didn't know God just the way you know him. And that is the difference I'm trying to say, that the same remains true today. In the old covenant, we as children of God, Jesus Christ, became our sin offering. You don't have to go through any performance anymore. You don't have to go through that place where you're beating up yourself and you're like, now God can't hear your prayer just because you did this. No, 
You have to come out of that and say, listen, if Jesus Christ said it is finished at the cross, then it is actually finished. You must come to that place where you know the child of God. He took your place. He became that bull without defect, without any blemish, so that you, child of God, would acquire life in you. Hebrew 9, 12 to 14 says that not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of the helper sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, Listen to this verse, Hebrew 9, 14. Listen to this. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your consciousness from dead works to serve the living God? How much more? If people in the Old Testament could offer bulls and goats, they could offer that blood, and they were set free from their sins, how much more? We as children of God under the blessed covenant, under the grace covenant, that we get to have a great high priest give his divine blood and you say that you're not forgiven. Do you see where we get it wrong? Because as long as our consciousness can't change and we're still thinking that we're living like we are in the old covenant, then child of God, the enemy is going to use that against you. You're going to live a life that is not free, and yet you're free. Do you know that one can live a life that is not of freedom, and yet they're free? And then they're free. But just because what you don't know can cost you, and all this, Jesus Christ had to do it. He stood and endured he went through the beating. He went through every single thing. He stood in front of Pilate. He was very quiet just because of you and I. He stood. He was condemned. He was abused. He was spat on anything he went through. Child of God. But he stood in front of Pilate. I love what the scripture says. He had a crown on him. He had a purple robe on him. I'm pretty sure by that time because they had beaten him over and over. You know, over his back, he was in blood, dripping, but he stood. He stood. And then after that, he carried the cross to Calvary. And then he was crucified. But he, all that, imagine, child of God, imagine that it was for you and I. Amen. Hebrew 10, 3 to 14 says, but in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. Remember, when these people in Leviticus were offering, right? When they were giving the different offerings, that means because of the consciousness that they had every year to give those offerings, that means that every time their sin was on their mind, their sin was in their heart, being reminded, condemned at all times. The scripture father says in verse 4 that for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Do you hear that? Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice an offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. 
verses 6 says, In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Do you hear that, child of God? By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat down at the right hand of God from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So child of God, you and I, and every dear listener listening in today, for by one offering made by Jesus Christ, he has perfected us forever, forever. Child of God, the scripture says forever. So whether your sin was yesterday, whether it is today, whether it is tomorrow, it is forever. You have been perfected forever. So when you see a scripture like this, child of God, you meditate on it, you chew it and eat it, and it becomes part of who you are. Your life changes. This is why I was speaking, saying prophetically that this service, by the grace of God, your life cannot stay the same again. Because, child of God, the bodies of animals in the Old Testament were offered when the high priests offered them. Number one, those who offered them also had sin on them. And number two, the blood itself was not pure. It was not sanctified. But when I come to know by the grace of God that Jesus Christ offered that one sacrifice which perfected me forever through his blood and that his blood sanctified me, this is the only thing I can hold on to in salvation and know that anything that is contrary anything contrary from Christ, then it doesn't belong in my life. It does not. Because when you see a scripture like this and you're reminded, you're truly reminded that you're free, you're free from the sinful nature of the world and you're set apart, you're sanctified, you're perfected, you're completed. If anything comes your way that is contrary to what the scripture says about you, you know the difference and you say, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I am perfected in Christ Jesus. I am complete in Christ Jesus. I am established in Christ Jesus. I'm rooted in Christ Jesus. I'm sanctified in Christ Jesus. Not because of me, but because of his blood. Then, child of God, you live a life that is blessed. Jesus Christ sanctified every single believer with his blood, with that divine blood which he shed at the cross. 
Hebrew 13, 12 says that therefore Jesus also that he may sanctify the people with his blood suffered outside the gate. You know, a child of God, God the Father wants you, dear beloved, today to know that Jesus Christ paid it all. He was that sin offering that paid it all. As we speak today, he's seated at the right hand side of God. Amen. And you know, this is where it gets so, so deep. No man could have ever achieved or completed or done what he did. No matter who. No matter who. It had to be God's son sent by God to do what he did. Amen. So his blood, child of God, washed away all your sins, past, present, and future sins. And that is why we were able to have that presence with God again. Because when God sees us, he sees Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians actually 5.21 says this, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ. So child of God, we as believers and through the grace, through the grace of God, through his redemption, child of God, and by faith, we come to God. And when God sees us, he sees Jesus. He sees the righteousness of himself in us. He doesn't see you as Harriet. He doesn't see you as Irene. He doesn't see you as John. He doesn't see you as Peter. When he sees you, he sees his son. You know, it's very easy to live a life that is of freedom, but you don't know that you're freed. And you don't know that you're liberated. You don't know that what was given to you is your inheritance. Colossians 1, 19, 22 says that, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So child of God, you're now reconciled. So don't see yourself like you saw yourself with the old patterns of life in the sinful nature, like what the scripture has called it, the wicked works. Don't see yourself that way anymore. I know time will come and people will remind you of who you are. Time will come and people will want to pull you down and tell you, listen, this is who you are. That is where you must understand that knowing who you are is very, very important. You must stand and say, but wait a minute. If the scripture tells me that I'm reconciled with God, that everything in my body was put to death when Jesus Christ died and when he arose, I rose with him. I now live in him, walk in him, I'm established in him, I'm rooted in him. Then I'm different. I'm different. And then you speak that in your life. And this is why the scripture says that today as you're present, you're holy and blameless. And above all, in the eyes of God, he sees you in his son's picture. Amen. So we must learn, child of God, 
We must see ourselves as the word says we are. Hebrew 10, 19, 22 reminds us that therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The Holy Spirit is going to bring you much more closer and closer to the consciousness of Christ. And this is where the difference is. Someone who has truly acquired the deeper revelation that Jesus Christ is their sin offering, their consciousness is of Christ. They have a Christ-centered consciousness. Amen? Their life is Christ-centered. Their life is of Him. They don't see themselves condemned anymore. And I pray that for you, child of God, listening in today. I pray for each and every person listening in to this sermon anywhere. That the mind, the wrong thinking in the name of the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit right now captures any wrong thinking, wrong believing, and wrong living, and he transforms it for the glory of God. Because we're living in a time, child of God, where the scripture is telling us to be bold and to enter that holiest through the blood of Jesus. Because, child of God, today, we are consecrated. Not in our own doing, because a lot of times people think that being consecrated, you have to be holy, you have to do this. That sort of holiness is a wrong believing and thinking. But our holiness comes from Jesus Christ. As long as you see more and more of Jesus in the revelation, in scriptures, you are going to be like him. You will smell like him. You will look like him. His favor will fall upon you. His inheritance will be upon you. His sanctification will be in you. His life will be in you and you will draw closer to him. Amen. He's the true vine and we're the branches. He produces fruit in us and we bear that fruit. In other words, the holiness is a fruit that we bear. The holiness is a part of us being attached to the true vine. These are things we don't come up with. These are things we do not generate. These are things we don't manufacture. So I pray that by the spirit of revelation, as you leave this place, you don't go back and start working towards being forgiven of sin. Yet Christ worked for you. Christ worked for you. Apostle Paul was reminding believers in Galatians, right? In Galatians 5, I think 5, 1, telling them, why would you let yourself go back to the bondages of the law? Thinking like them, living like them, and yet Jesus Christ set you free. We are forgiven, child of God, because Jesus Christ was our sin offering. So don't carry that on your shoulders. Let you do not accept and say, this is what I've done and this defines you. Can I tell you something? Your past does not define who you are. No matter what you've done, your past does not define who you are. This is the time to change. As we're ending this year, you come in that place and say, listen, okay, I may have done that. And for the fact, I may have done that. But that is not who I am. 
Today, I'm a renewed child of God and I'm ready to walk as a freed man and liberated man. You know, as soon as Jesus Christ was on the cross, when they pierced him, when he went through what he did go through, at the end of it, he said, it is finished. Those words carry a significant, powerful revelation for you as a believer. He just didn't say those three words to say, okay, I'm done, I'm gone. He meant him coming on earth, the purpose of justifying you freely by the grace through redemption was done. He meant that what God sent him to do by his blood had been demonstrated and he said it is finished. Those words carry a lot of weight for each and every believer. Those words, we must hold on to them and say, and actually use them in any situation. Remember at the beginning of this service, I prayed for people who are sick. If you know you're sick and you have anything disturbing you in your body, in your flesh, in your mind, anywhere, just say, you know what? He said it is finished and it is. Because one thing we must understand is that God's work on the cross was demonstrated. Because starting from Genesis to where Jesus Christ was, all the time the enemy didn't know what was happening. The things that were hidden, the mysteries. But at the cross he thought, you know what, I'm doing all this and I'm killing him. I'm making these people condemn him. But in other words, the scripture was being fulfilled. And this is where the church was born. The church was born on the cross. Acts 20, 28 reminds us that the church was born when they pierced his rib. The church was born. So child of God, the fact that Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand side of God right now on the throne, that means that all your sins, dear listener listening in today, were taken away. Don't hold on to your stuff. Don't hold on to your mess. Just don't. Just say, you know what? I give it to you. Take it. Because when you live that life of saying, listen, he took my all. No matter what the world says, no matter what the society says, no matter what people think or say, tell you what, that's the only thing you need, child of God. To walk out of that zone and say, I'm freed forever. Because Jesus Christ freed me at the cross. Hallelujah, we bless God. We, child of God, as believers, were cleansed. Our sins were cleansed forever. We were cleansed. We were set free. Jesus didn't sit down at the Father's throne because he's the Son of God. Yes, much as he's the Son of God, but he sat because all our sins were taken away. Because his fulfillment, because the scripture had been fulfilled. That is why he sat. Amen. That is why he sat. So the blood of Jesus Christ represents, it demonstrates healing, forgiveness, redemption, reconciliation of you and I and everyone who comes to believe and confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So the power in the blood is greater than what we can even comprehend in our minds. The power in the blood of Jesus Christ washed away all 
all your sins, child of God. The power in the blood of Jesus Christ can change situations. And we give glory and honor to God. Someone say, I thank you, Jesus, for dying for me on that cross. Someone say, I don't live for myself anymore. I live for Christ and walk in Christ forever. Someone say, Jesus, any weakness in me, you took it at the cross. Someone say, every self-righteousness, self-centeredness, self-absorption, self-consciousness, sin consciousness, you took it at the cross. From now on, I am Christ conscious. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you so much for this day. We want to thank you for your son who died on the cross so we would be cleansed, forgiven, reconciled with you, God. We thank you. This is something from today. We pray that we don't take for granted. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your great love for your rich mercies. Thank you for the doors you've opened, nations you have opened, that this gospel can go and prevail. And you're the one healing every single, single part and aspect of my life. Lord, we've prayed, we believe that today our lives are transformed forever. Our lives will never be the same again forever. In Jesus' name, I pray and say, Amen. So, child of God, if you've listened today and you say, Evangelist Aisha, I have heard this sermon. I've listened. However, I used to know the Lord and I was really close to him. I used to have that deep relationship with him but i kind of walked away and branched out but today i want to give my life to the lord jesus christ and if you're that person who says listen i don't know the jesus you're talking about but i've heard what you're saying and i want this jesus you're talking about child of god i want to pray for the two people and i want you to say these words with me heavenly father through your son jesus christ Today I believe and confess with my mouth that I am saved by the grace of God, not through my works or effort. I am forever justified by faith through your grace. Jesus, you are delivered for all my past, present, and future sins, and you were raised for my justification. From today, I renounce my old man and nature because it was crucified with you at the cross. I now live and walk in the newness of life in Christ Jesus. I am born of Christ, I believe, and I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Child of God, I want to welcome you to the greatest gift of salvation. You're now a new creation in Christ Jesus, and all things have passed away. And I pray that you believe that and know it for sure that all things have gone away. Please find a church that preaches the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in your community. 
I pray that you continue to listen in. You continue to grow in the grace and truth and to continue to be filled in a grace foundation. And I pray for you that you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to say thank you all for listening in. But for those who are believing for healing, there's healing right now. Healing is taking over. Healing is yours. Just believe and receive it. That's all. That's all. Believe and it's done. You know, that's the most amazing thing about the grace covenant. We don't have to work, but we believe. We stand on the word. We know that for sure when he say that this is so, it is. You don't even doubt it anymore. You don't say anything again. You just say, this is it. And I pray for each and every one of you that you receive that in all your lives. Amen. And uh, may God bless each and every one of you. I pray a blessing of Abraham. And uh, may God open doors and manifest so many big, big things in your lives, all of you. But also send us some testimonies because I actually some people send me testimonies telling me how they've been blessed, how this has done this in their lives. Take time to share some of these things with us. Send us an email, info at heartforsoul.org and share your testimonies because in testimonies, it is where other believers can be encouraged and know that truly what they're believing for they will also see it. It will also manifest in their lives. So encourage other believers by you sending in your testimonies. And, and we trust that the Lord is yet to do bigger and mighty things. God bless you all. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.